What's up, everybody, and welcome to Beer People. I'm Matt Prince. And I'm Chris Horn. And we're Beer, Beer People. Beer People. That wasn't even close. That was like that was like in uh in in round or what what do they say like when you row 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 your boat row 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 your boat. <laughs> yeah, I was close. <laughs> yeah, you were my echo. Well, Chris, this is really exciting uh, because we're really stepping out from our normal um, formula for how we do episodes. We're inviting some of our guests from prior seasons back so we can catch up with them find out what they're doing, what they've been doing since we've interviewed them. And um, we're really excited to start that with the co-owner of Love City Brewing here in Philadelphia, uh, Melissa Walter. Um, so it's going to be cool. We're just going to kind of catch up with her a little bit, see what she's doing, and then, you know, send her on her way to keep on going and doing great things. Yeah, absolutely. And this was a thoughtful design, like on our, an intentional design on our end, we're going to be interspersing full episodes and mini episodes so that our listeners have a taste of uh, the past and the present and catching up with those future guests. Um, And we're in the interest of keeping these ones brief. We're not going to have an outro. So I'm going to do our little plug right now for the social media stuff. Uh, social media johns as they would say uh, in philadelphia where we are so you can find us on instagram at beer people podcast you can send us an email if you have any suggestions for the show beer people podcast at gmail.com and you can check out our website beerpeople.xyz for links to all of the different ways that you can find our podcast without further ado let's check in with melissa walter Melissa Walter, welcome back to Beer People. Thanks for having me back. I can't believe it's been a year already. I know it is crazy. It feels like it feels like this partially just happened, but also was a long, long time ago. So it's, yeah, it's very strange. agreed. Yeah, the time warp continues. I still have no sense of what happened last year and three years ago. <laughs> you know what, guys? I have to pause for a minute because I hear my three-year-old struggle city so just give me a minute i think he's looking for a stuffed animal Hold on, oh, three-year-olds wait for no one buddy what's wrong <laughs> the, the, the hey, christmas Matt, can you say that again yeah <laughs> my my son after you know a couple weeks of his christmas stuffed animals not being in his bed just realized that they weren't in his bed and it was the end of the world and uh so luckily the Christmas animal stuffed animals did not make it to the garage with all the rest of our Christmas stuff. They were back here in our basement. So they have been retrieved <laughs> to come and, and, get them. <laughs> and restored to his bed. So Christmas reindeer Mickey is now back in bed and we are good to go. And so is Caleb. And so is Caleb. <laughs> that is pretty cute. That's, Sorry, that, from the outsider's perspective, maybe yeah, not that, so much. You know, it it is. And he was so devastated. But yeah, that's like commonplace. That's like, I've realized that those are like the things that that's like the bulk of parenthood is like realizing how crazy their like feelings are. But being like, I, I okay, okay, fine. I, you, yeah, I gotta roll. We're doing. This. We gotta take yeah. care of this. Yeah, yeah we gotta do it right now. So 
I remember having a, and then we'll actually get to the content of the content. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I remember a coworker at one point telling me that they, their child at the time was listening to like, let it go. The Disney song on repeat over and over. And they're like, gets really annoying. I was like, I can imagine. No, no, never mind. No. I listen to that song probably yeah. more than that child does. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, Melissa, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we have so much to catch up about, and just wanted to hear how the last year or so has been treating you, and what's been going on at Love City that our listeners may have been wondering about and wondering what's coming up too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was kind of like rewinding in my brain, trying to think of what actually was happening a year ago. Um, and it it was wintertime, so I guess we hadn't yet opened Love City Gardens, uh, which is our little outdoor space right across the street from us. So that officially opened in April of 2021, or God, no, 2022, thank you. See, there goes the time work brain again. <laughs> um, and we, we operated that pretty much through um, late fall, I would say like November, we kind of started wrapping it up out there. Um, and then, you know, cold weather months, we're just going to keep it closed. And we're, fingers crossed, in negoti- negotiations with the landlord now to hopefully operate it for at least part of this year as well. So, fingers crossed for that. And, and for people who haven't had the pleasure of going to Love City Gardens, it's one of the more unique outdoor beer-enjoying experiences situated right under the 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 rails um it's got a lot of unique design features that i'd imagine are just uh you know a byproduct of the space that is there and um it just it's such a cool spot to be and enjoy beer um i came out what was that the was it you guys did like a uh, was it a fourth of july or it was oh uh, yeah the fourth yeah. of july cookout yeah yeah uh, yeah so i came out for that and it was it was a lot of fun um but really awesome. cool spot thank you yeah it's, it's really cool just sitting under the the rail trestle right there and it it was a lot of it was already there and we just kind of like worked with the space that we had gave it a couple of coats of paint and some different plants and trimmed the weeds and it, it ended up being really beautiful so thank you and I saw that your team just recently posted on Instagram too, that you did your planning for the upcoming months of beer releases. And in the last few months, I feel like Love City has just been getting more and more clout, more and more people that I hear of are talking about the beer and the place and the welcomingness. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what, maybe as you look back over the past year, 2022, uh, what are some of the beer-based highlights for you? And then are there any things you're particularly excited for coming up? Oh man, 2022 is also a weird year for us in terms of beer production. Um, in, in July, we had a major uh, piece of equipment fail. Our uh, hot liquor tank uh, started leaking like a sieve, basically. So we had to oh, no. figure out how to adapt to that pretty quickly until we could get a new one in. And that's, it's a whole story, but but so it was a very like strange and kind of stressful year in terms of beer production. It was always just figuring out like, how do we keep up? How do we keep up? How do we keep up? Um, so really when you, when you talk about beer production, that is all that sort of sticks in my brain through the years, like catch up, catch up, catch up. And then, all right, keep up with production the way it's going now. It's feeling a lot more manageable and comfortable now. And now that we have, you know, our feet under us in terms of that, we are starting to look at 
what are our barrel project projects going to be for this year? You know, how many different, like we're exploring the NA stuff, like, are we going to do a hop water? Are we going to do something, you know, fun like that? So some, some fun things in the works for this year, for sure. That's really cool. And, you, you know, speaking of hop water, I mean, so many different breweries are exploring non-alcoholic ways of showcasing hops. And for a while it was, oh, well, we got to make a non, like the only road was the non-alcoholic beer road. And that's, you know, the mixed results. A lot of people Tricky, say not. Yeah. yeah. And, but the, the hopped seltzers, the hop teas, the hop waters, um, as someone who loves hop larks, hop teas, um, I've really enjoyed the, the vast array of um, hop, hop beverages that aren't alcoholic and aren't beer. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm, I'm a hoppy beer person. So anything with those hop flavors is like, I'm all about it. Um, and we, you know, we throughout the year picked some up here and there and just tasted things and tried to figure out what we like and what we might want to try. I mean, any beer itself is tricky. You know, it's like, what method are you going to use? How are you going to make sure it's food safe? But with with the hop waters, it's just like, okay, how can we keep these hops in a way that brings out characteristics and then yet still maintain the acidity needed for food safety? So it's, it'll be fun, I think, at least a, a little easier than trying to brew something and quote unquote, ferment it to be non-alcoholic. Well, it's a good thing. I mean, I guess this is where your level of preparation pays off, that you are hoping you've built the teams, put the structures in place and the systems that when something goes wrong, you can deal with it and manage it. And it sounds like it's been a challenge, but potentially something you'd look back at and see like, wow, we had teamwork coming around that and off. Um, well, well, Mike, uh, well, we were off mic, uh, and Matt was addressing the stuffed animal issue incident of 2023. Uh, <laughs> we were talking a bit about um, your team and like your own work schedule of someone who put in six days a week for two and a half, three years, and now you're uh, thankfully down to quote unquote like just <laughs> five. A normal um, schedule, it's great. <laughs> Um, but, and speaking of staffing, I feel like your staff was something that you've highlighted when we spoke last. And I, um, saw a post on the love city Instagram that love city staff is one of the most diverse in the city. As far as brewers, um, I feel like yeah. that's a huge testament to a lot of intentional work, uh, that you and Kevin and other leaders have done to build camaraderie in a team. Totally. Yeah, very much so. I mean, it's, I, I think we're the most diverse brew team in the city. I've yet to see one that sort of rivals us of having, you know, both cisgender, non-binary, straight, queer, black, white, male, female, like we've, we kind of got a really nice gamut of folks working in the brewery and they're all fantastic and they're all, they all have, have their strengths and they're all great brewers. Um, but it was very intentional, you know, like we did not post to the brewer job boards that everybody posts to. We looked internally first and two of those two of those folks that I just mentioned came from the bar side. So they were people that just showed an interest and a passion and like, okay, let's make it happen, you know? And it and it is work, like I'm not gonna lie. If we hired an experienced brewer and just went like, boom, there you go. Like you got it, you know what you're doing already. But we took the time to train them. We took the time to, you know, put put in the time and education, and it's been it's been great. Like they're all absolutely killing it. Speaking of your staff, um, we started talking to a brewer who brewed locally around me, um, uh, probably a year ago, maybe even a little more, 
who at the time was working uh, at the ship bottom barrel house, but is now on your team. And that's Hannah Goad. And yep. um, for me, whenever I see like, I'm such a big sports fan. Whenever I see brewers going from one brewery to another, I always think of it like a trade or a free agent signing. <laughs> um, so when I saw that Hannah joined your team, I was like, oh, what a good signing by them. Wow, that's a really good free agent <laughs> signing right there. Um, you know, speak about uh, Hannah and her joining your team uh, only because we were going to have her on as a guest. And then I was like, oh, well, now she's at Love City. We've had Love City. So like, you know, so speak a little I bit mean, about- I you can still totally talk to her. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. But- <laughs> If you could speak a little bit about what she brings to the team, maybe for some people who had been enjoying some of her beers at the Ship Bottom Barrel House in Wallingford or Swarthmore. Yeah. Yeah. No, we were super psyched to get Hannah. We um, knew that one of our brewers was going to leave you know, very amicably. He just wanted something different. Um, so we started putting out feelers for, for other brewers. And I immediately texted Hannah because we've known each other through the industry. And I was like, hey, if you know anybody who might be a good fit for this, like, please let me know. And she's like, well, actually, <laughs> so I was like, yes, let's talk. Um, Cause you know, I, we've known Hannah for years. Kevin ironically actually went to Shippensburg university with Hannah as well. So they met way back in college, went their kind of separate ways for a while and then reconnected in the beer industry. And she is an amazing professional brewer. She's been doing this for what, like probably 10 years at this point, basically has run her own, programs and breweries in various facilities and is just a wealth of information, especially when it comes to um, funky fermentations, barrel aging projects, all that kind of stuff. You know, she's doing that in Swarthmore. So we are super psyched that she's going to really spearhead that, that area for us. I'm like thinking about her and Kevin in college while everyone else is drinking like really cruddy light beer, they're like drinking like oh, no, a Saison no. or something. <laughs> I know that's probably wasn't the case, but like- Not at all. I got right away. Like they're sitting in the corner, like downing some like Saison DuPont when everyone else is drinking like Natty Light. <laughs> nice, nice image, but now they were definitely drinking the Natty Light too. Yeah. <laughs> We're we're an equal opportunity uh oh, your podcast here. Nothing exactly nothing to meet on those. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, she's actually our first external hire in the brewery. So Toby, our one brewer, has been there from day one. The other two was three, then two came up through the bar side of things. And so Hannah's really the first person we brought in completely externally since since day one. And she's been a great fit so far, and we love her. That's great. Yeah. Building on an already great team. And um, actually recently, I meant to tell you this. Uh, so I think when we last spoke, I mentioned that I was in charge of bringing beer to a wedding that was in St. Louis. And I was yeah. like, what would be the best representation of like accessible and craft? And and so I brought two Love City mixed variety packs. And then uh, this winter, I was thinking of a gift for my brother-in-law. I wanted to get him four uh representative beers from philly and so i had to go with a razor hood because it's nice. just classic like what a great staple to have in your lineup uh and i'm excited that now that hannah's there too you're gonna be going har even harder into the the funky fermentation stuff mm -hmm. that the beats series has already um yeah beats has already been paving the way for yeah definitely yeah i mean it's fun to do it on kind of a larger scale like that and it's we've developed a recipe that's very consistent. We know we can can it. We know we can, you know, sell it and it'll stay safe on the shelves forever. But yeah. <laughs> so, but we're excited to do some of the smaller batch stuff um, as well in actual, you know, barrels with the, the funky yeast fermentation. 
So just taking like a broader look at, at the Philadelphia brewing industry, when you guys came in, you know, you, it was still very much developing. I mean, there was a lot of, there were some like staple breweries already here, of course, your dock streets, your yards, um, your Philly brewing company, but you were probably, you were part of that, like, um, wave of new breweries coming into the city. Can you speak a little bit about how that wave has continued over the last year and how exciting is it for you as a brewery owner to see more establishments opening up and really bringing, uh, you know, more, uh, more depth and more excitement to the Philadelphia brewing community? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, I feel like I can barely keep up. <laughs> like, I don't want to start listing places because I know I'm going to miss some, but just like, countless breweries that have opened in the past year and not even breweries you know now we've got the the seltzer place we've got two three cideries two cideries three cideries i mean we've got across the board you know you want to talk about like craft alcohol in general it's like philadelphia is a great place to be for that and it's it's constantly you know craft beer is very supportive and competitive you know we we support each other we share information we talk about things you know i make connections with new folks all the time. I just talked talk to the um, owner down at uh, Cartesian in South Philly. And it's like, it's it's great in that supportive way, but it's also, um, you know, constantly pushing each other and constantly, you know, oh, this person's doing this really cool thing. Like, hmm, I wonder if we could do that. I wonder how we could do something different or, or more interesting. Um, you know, we always look at like the fermentary form people, for example, as like, oh, sours, like, okay there's your standard. Like you better be doing it at least as well as that, if not better, you know? So it's fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. And on a related note to like sharing resources um, for folks who have been to our website, will already have seen this at beerpeople.xyz. But the first thing that you encounter, the first clickable link is actually a link to resources that you provided us because after oh, we, spoke, we emailed with you and asked like, Hey, if other brewers are interested in how to make their uh, brewery more diverse, inclusive, and equitable, where should they go? And you sent us a list of resources that then Lauren Hughes added on to. Um, awesome. and so, yeah, the more that we're talking about these things and more folks are collaborating, the better off the whole industry is going to be. Oh, that's really nice to hear. I'm glad that was, that was helpful for y'all. I hope people uh, use the resources. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, as the way, as the way. So definitely check out those resources on our website. Um, and then also, it never hurts to do a little of your own research, just getting, you know, getting, you know, into it and really just like immersing yourself into the abundance of resources that are available to learn more about, you know, being, you know, promoting diversity, equity and inclusion, and not just in brewing, but also just in your daily life. So um, thank you for those resources. And uh Hopefully they'll get good use on our website. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Melissa, any uh, updates that you want to share with folks before we wrap? Um, well, I'll share a, wh when are we, when is this happening, Erin? Uh, this can kind of come out as soon as like two weeks from now, if you would want it to. Cool. Uh, I was going to talk about something for this Sunday, but I don't think uh, I'll be talking about either. that. So give me two seconds. <laughs> um, Oh, so, well, two fun things that we have going on in February um, <laughs> for Valentine's Day, we are doing, we're bringing back something that we did for a Philly Beer Week event in 2019, I want to say, um, and it was super popular. It was called The Hating Game, and it's basically the dating game, but you make connections over things that you hate. 
We have a really funny uh, <laughs> local actor comedian, uh, Paul Trigiani. He's, he was part of the improv group Secret Pants for a long time. Um, he's going to be our host, and that's happening on, on actual Valentine's Day on uh, February 14th. So we're very excited about that. That is... Um, I love it. I love it. I mean, we're Philly. Like, we, we do love to hate on things. So I feel like we have to, we have to do it a little bit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then... On February 18th, we are bringing back a very popular event from last year, uh, the Roller Circus. So all of the roller skating acts, circus acts, the aerial artists, they're all coming back to Love City on February 18th. We're doing two shows this time because I know it was very crowded last year. Um, so we're splitting it up into two shows. So folks can head over to lovecitybrewing.com for more information on all that. Nice. That's exciting. Excellent. And it very much fits with a personal hobby of yours, the roller skating. Exactly. I think you did 365 days in a row of? <laughs> I did. From October 21 to 22, I did 365 days. And it was a lot, but I did it. And I'm proud to, I'm proud to have accomplished it and glad to be done. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Well, Melissa, great to chat with you as always. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me back on. This is fun.